in our last episode. More calmly now. And it's like I have the honor, truly the honor of being in this position where I get to help rewrite my family's story so that we are closer and more connected and we're getting rid of all these toxic habits that were taught to my ancestors and probably didn't know any better. They thought that's they were doing their best. I truly believe they were doing their best. Mm-hmm. Now I get to be the new age light, you know, of no, this isn't how we love each other. Because I get to say love and fear cannot exist at the same time. And I can't be afraid to talk to you and you say you love me. Mm-hmm. So these are happy tears. These are happy, these are happy tears. Yes, happy tears. <laughs> hey, I'm Dr. Kate Wong. And I'm Tiara Mitchell. And, and you are listening to, to the Holistic Hope Podcast. We invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love. In this episode, episode 15, we discuss how standing strong in your truth, even when times are rough and constantly questioned, be so impactful. Simply by starting as young as two three, during pregnancy, and even before. We discuss the mistakes many make when not considering the time frame, the reasoning behind taking and not taking progesterone. We wrap up with the ultimate truth and healing in order for growth to happen. As we end the summer season, share with us your suggestions, topics you'd like to hear in our future podcasts by simply messaging us on Instagram and Facebook. Or just leave a short feedback because we love to have you join in our conversation and feature you in our next season. Thank you for listening in. Yeah, that's the reason why this podcast is so such a monumental project that we're doing. I feel like it's it's just opening that conversation, having that relatability just just that there's different views, there's different ways, there's different things that literally when Erin was talking about, you can, I love how she did that. She it was good. It was where she said, um, where you can start wherever you're at that right. What's she, she called rise zone? Is it rise zone? Rise. But I wasn't, I wasn't sure what the word meant. <laughs> I thought of rye bread and I didn't want to <laughs> We'll double check with her. But um, that where it sprout up wherever because that's what life is just because stuff bad stuff could have happened in our childhood bad stuff happened for 30 years prior to that doesn't mean that you know when you go back to your family in a vulnerable state you know to test it out doesn't mean you can't change right and so because I had a, a few conversations with my stepmom in regards to you know certain things that I would never even think of having with her when I was 16 you know mm-hmm. <laughs> all these different toxic arguments things that I was just reacting, um, n- conversations that you don't want to have with your teenage daughter, those are the conversations I was having. It was horrible, yelling, a lot of yelling. And now it's more like, what do you think about this? That curiosity that she mentioned to, mm-hmm. to throw up, throw in there, is not ju- judging on what the answers are, but just kind of guiding what, what, where it can go, you know? Whether it goes from, you know, your freedom or goes from, you know, what you want to do with kids or not have kids, all these different things. Like, it's not like, you know, it's like, what would you think? Like, put yourself in, in their shoes, put that 
you know, situation, like, what would you do? And then think about it and talk, not just say, what would you do? And this is what I would do. And that's it. You know, no conversation after that. It's more like, oh, that's interesting. So that would make you feel this way. Or that would, you know, think about a certain bit, way of um, going about it. Just kind of exploring that path, literally down the rabbit hole. And, and just talking about each part of it. Because when you stop at, well, this is my way and that's, that's it. That's when the conflict usually happens with my my siblings because they think I'm this holistic, crunchy um, person who, you know, just, you know, eats carrots. Even though I have a carrot pen in my hand. <laughs> 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 um, there's carrots everywhere, juices everywhere, just like, you know, this person that, you know, <laughs> grows things randomly. But, um, you know, I'm not all that, but a lot of times when you have a a boxed label for someone and you don't think or question why are they doing this why are they thinking this because my you know my brother has there are a lot of guns and all these different things and you know, if I didn't dive into the, the whole of you know why would he even have it what's the purpose all these different things I would think of you know what everyone else is thinking is in the media be scared be um you know not wanting certain things to happen all these different things fear right that's not love but a lot of times, if you were to talk as a gun owner, why they have guns, you know, that would be a different conversation. It will make a lot more sense. And so having that conversation to open up, you know, because like when Tierra started talking about this um, story, I was thinking, are these sad tears? Because it looks like sad tears. It sounds like it. But then in the end, they're happy tears. And so it just changed the whole perspective of, what the whole conversation was and what I thought about the, the situation as well. Yeah. And I mean, I think that goes to like how you and Aaron were saying it doesn't really have to be good or bad. Like it could have, it did kind of start off at sad tears. Cause there's a part of me that's sad that it happened, you know, like, those, like when you try so hard to protect not just yourself, but your family from certain things. And then it happens anyway, like, it's heartbreaking. But then again, going back to how we've been saying on a lot of the podcasts, you get to choose the story you tell, you know, and it's funny because people have been saying it a lot to me lately and it's true, but, and I just said it, I have always been the person where it's like, I refuse to stay sad. I refuse to stay mad because I just feel like there's so much more I can do with that energy than to be in a huff over something that's probably not going to matter in the next couple of days, you know? And I do think that's the beauty of our podcast project is a lot of the people we talked to, the things they went through were sad. It was hard. It wasn't, wasn't always fun, but the beauty of what came from it, the, and how it always came from a place of having to choose love, choosing the, choosing to surrender to it. And surrender comes from love. I'm not going to fight you on this. I surrender, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. That's when you actually can take steps to do something in the actions. Because when you're fearful, when you're, you know, hurt, when you're anger, angry, you don't, you just don't do it. You just stay in that state until you feel it all and it sometimes doesn't end <laughs> and then you get used to that then it yeah. feels 
Like it's like Aaron was saying, some people can't even meditate for a minute because then they can feel all those emotions come up and they don't want to, they don't want to feel that anymore, but you, you kind of have to surrender to them to get past it. Cause sometimes people don't want to face that either. It's like, okay, I touched it a little bit. Ooh, don't like that. You know, I must either avoid it or continue being angry, like on and off, on and off, sat on and off, all these different things. I'm thinking something that would be good for the podcast now. I'll have to look into it. Um, the book I first, my very, very first self-help wellness journey book, I will say for sure, was this book called Sozo. And it is a Christian book about healing using the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. It was very prayer and Jesus-based. So for people who may not have those beliefs, I don't want to recommend it because the what I loved about it was the intention of identifying where hurts came from. So in the book, she would have us do prayers asking the Lord to show us where this original hurt came from and it was mm-hmm. like a prayer setting but I truly believe you could do it in meditation you could do it in the trance state that Aaron talked about you could do it through journaling there are a lot of ways you can sit with yourself and identify it I had a lot of crying moments I had sometimes I was on the floor crying for hours you know because I hurt I never processed but you will get to a place like you said where you just don't want it anymore and so whatever I have to do to get this off of me and to move on, I'll do it. That means I have to sit in my floor and cry for hours, bring it on, you know, mm-hmm. make sure I hydrate afterwards. <laughs> right, because the energy, because when you mentioned that the study um, regarding tears, because in my head I was thinking maybe the energy of it, because it's, I mean, it is liquid form as well, it comes out. You're literally letting that energy kind of circulate out and you know, yeah. other other things coming in. So it's, you versus having it stuck like Lorraine was talking about certain things and kept it in you know didn't let it out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah how Aaron said today moving around um for me when I'm really really emotional I'll sing there's something about singing and that's such a release for me and I'll <laughs> that's when my gangster comes out <laughs> If you, uh, there, there's, uh, an aspect that one of my, um, the functional medicine doc that I, I worked with, um, in regards to singing, it helps with the vagus nerve as well. So mm-hmm. kind of, um, almost like a therapeutic vibration. It works with chiropractic, works with singing, works with, uh, I think gargling. I can't remember gargling was one of them, mm-hmm. but for, for sure singing is one of them. And so it helps with that vagus nerve parasympathetics help you kind of relax, being more that relaxed rest and digest state. So. I like when you talk about that. So maybe we can find a resource for that too. Yeah, there's plenty. Definitely look for something that's similar to the Sozo. If that means I have to make it myself, because like I said, that was the biggest, I think that set the foundation for me to do all the rest of the work. Cause I first had to understand where all these hurts were coming from. And even in terms of how I just shared, you know, being the light for my family, that was hard in the beginning because I had so much resentment, you know, but then it came down to realizing they do love me and they've done their very best. Everything they did, they did out of love for me. They just did what they knew to do. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And so then I think the one of the things someone said to me during that time that really switched my perspective on how I dealt with people and being hurt was she said, we teach people how to treat us. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But now I understand it as when you're hurt and you're going through something that you feel was caused by someone else and you allow them to have the same relationship with you as if nothing happened, you're teaching them that it's okay to treat you that way. If you have a problem with some, a way that someone treats you, you need to speak up about it. If you speak up about it and speak up kindly, you know, and when you speak up about it, if they still do it, and that's why I, I've, that's how I learned my absence is a threat. They love me. They don't want me out of their life. They want me there. And I had to get brave enough to say, hey, I want to be here, but I don't want to feel bad while I'm here. So if you guys want me here, we have to be able to talk about things and not scream at each other and tear each other down. Mm-hmm. And now I noticed they talk to other people like that, too. They're, now they're not fighting all the time, you know, like in their day to day. I don't know if you noticed when we were talking with Aaron, I said, if a stranger did something to us hurtful, we'd be ready to fight them. That's how my family is. My family is like, we roll up on you, you know, with our bats and stuff because you said something <laughs> to our. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never liked that since I was a little girl. Like, I do it because it was my family. But I didn't like it. I didn't like that we had to go fight somebody, put ourselves in jeopardy, and then go hurt someone, you know? And I've noticed now they don't take that approach. Mm -hmm. It has to be really bad for them to take that approach, like really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And But now it is more of a, well, what were they, what was their perspective of the situation? How did I handle this? Maybe it was the way my tone was. Maybe it was my body language. Maybe I was a little too aggressive. I'll try to have revisit this conversation with them and see if we can find a resolve. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that my family now does that, I can't say it was all me. I, I don't know that it was all me, but to see that kind of evolution, like I'm happy because that's all I wanted. We're going to have problems. We're going to have all of us in life are going to have problems and struggles to how we decide to respond to them and responding in a way that isn't going to bring us more agony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost as if aggression feed feeds aggression, you know, but when you break the cycle, because for myself personally, I'm not a very angry person. I don't like hold grudges very often, like if at all, um, very rare, but, um, so I don't really remember or always recall being angry. Cause what I almost, I'm to the person to the point where I'm the type it, um, is where when I get angry, I just try to forget it. <laughs> and that's how I, for, I just forget it even happened. Therefore, I don't remember. Then I don't need to recall it happening. So that's the time. That's my my coping mechanism usually. And so, so this is um, if you're that type. That so I totally get it <laughs> as well. And so I'm the type. Is like man, you know, like fight people. It's like let me just hide because I'm like the worst fighter ever. I'm like no, that's not. I'm gonna walk away. I'm a flight person. <laughs> and so I'm curious because I've never been a flight person never mm-hmm. so I'm curious how you feel like you know now that you're older and how you feel that affected your wellness just not speaking up you know mm-hmm. and just walking away 
Yeah. So growing up, it was kind of like that as well. It's more like people were telling you what to do in my culture, all these different things, you know, the way my family's raised um, and then stuff happening regarding divorce of my parents. So things were happening to, I felt like things were happening to me and I had to react. And if either I, you know, stick to it or I just pretend it's not there. <laughs> so that's why I cope with it. So what happens is I realize my relationships, my, um, you know, certain things I do, I started, it basically felt like I was being walked all over. That's what it felt like. And it felt okay. Cause I didn't have to feel the hurt. So that was, that was what my coping mechanism was until um, one of my old friends kind of mentioned certain things. She's a little bit more confrontational. I'm not very confrontational or I try not to be. Um, but sometimes you gotta stick up for yourself, which I realize now. <laughs> so when it needs to be, or it needs to be said, um, she mentioned where back then when I was, I think 14 or 15 that she mentioned, um, I, I was used to be silent, like quiet because I was hurt. And I felt like when I was hurt, is because I was too loud, physically too loud, because I was there in existence. So I kind of pushed myself into this like absence. If that makes sense, it's basically almost the opposite of what you're talking about. And so when I did that, I felt like everything was okay and dandy, calm, quiet, no ruffles, no no waves, and that was fine for me. But versus being hurt, being yelled at, being told that you don't, you're not wanted all these different things. And that's why I work so much with um, parents with their kids because I love how they literally want to spend money on their kids to make sure that they're the healthiest, you know, they can do their best in school, all these different things, right? That's why I love doing that. But at that time, I was thinking, you know, no waves, nothing. And then to the point where she mentioned, you know, we're like <laughs> this one time, I didn't like this at first. I didn't know what to think of it. But the first situation was when I was um, in a school bus going after school and um, one girl who tends to be very a loud mouth in a sense, um, she would call me like a derogatory name for my culture. And I, I've never ever, all the places I've lived in, in the cities, in very suburban communities, no one ever said that kind of word to me ever at all. And I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I mean, I heard on TV, all these different things, but I never had it said to me. So I just kind of went silent. And then one of my neighbors um, I told him recently that this is like amazing what he did, but he, one of my neighbors was saying, don't do that to her. Like, you don't say that. And then someone's sticking up for me. I was like, okay. Um, that's one of those things. And the second thing was when I was in the back of a car and then, um, she, my friend would do this thing where she would always say, what, wait, what? You're here? You're, I didn't know you're here. Like, cause I didn't say anything. Mm. And so at the first many times, um, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, whatever. And then as she continued doing it, I kind of sensed what she was doing. And so I didn't know what to think of it. And then I started getting a little angry, slightly. Because um, I'm not an angry person. <laughs> so I was trying to like get angry, uh, trying to think of like, what is this? Like, why is she doing it? Is, is she saying I'm not important? Is she saying that, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not? Mm -hmm. And so that felt like I was being stepped all over. And so it's this pros and cons, obviously, to either you speak up too much, speak up too little, or speak up just enough to voice your opinion. And I'm the type that now I speak up just enough. I'm like usually the last person that talks because I feel like I just want to have everyone talk and speak their word and then just take in what it is and then speak what needs to be said. 
And so that's, that's the type that I'm at right now. And so I felt like going through that process, being stepped on, being like walked over is not a good thing. It's not a very productive thing because then, then you literally show people how to treat you that you, for my instance, it didn't matter. You can do whatever, all these different things. And so in a sense now, it's like not blaming that person, not saying, you know, what you did was wrong. It's just this happened. Now, you know. Because if that didn't happen to me, I would have spoken up so much now. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be, you know, doing all these different things. Um, knowing that other people would attack me. Other people would say, why is she doing this? Questioning. Um, what does she know? All these different things, right? Despite title or not, it doesn't matter, right? Family, all these different things. And so now it's in the aspect of I'm going to say certain things that I know that I learned from. And so whatever happened to you know, the little girl that's silent, that felt like she's picked on, all these different things that felt like she doesn't need to speak up for herself. But the th- thing is, there's a time and a place in finding that, holding that, that energy, holding that environment, knowing how to adapt to what's going on. Because a lot of times during the whole, you know, CV thing, coronavirus thing aspect, is a lot of noise. A lot of things are going on. <laughs> You know, in the beginning it was right. Now it's not right. And then now this is right. And then that is that. It's like, is it? Is it right? Now you start had to be curious. Like, where do you stand in your own being? Mm-hmm. Not just the government telling you what to do. Not just other people telling you what to do. Not the stores, not your state, all these different things. But what is it that you stand for and believe in? So no matter what everyone else is saying, that it makes sense to you. Because mm-hmm. just- Right. Just had that conversation with Madeline. She, I had to tell her. Comment was made about her teeth that I feel like was made playfully, you know, as a joke. But Madeline, being Madeline, she was like, "Mommy, I have to go to the dentist because my teeth are crooked." Like, you have really straight teeth. Why would you think your teeth are crooked? (laughs) Because so and so told me so. And so, I said, "Well." do you think you have crooked teeth? She said, I think my teeth are really straight too, but she said they're crooked. So I need to go to the dentist. Mm -hmm. And so right then I told her, you need to be able to make decisions for yourself, especially when they're about yourself. You do not let other people tell you how to feel about anything, especially how to feel about the person you are. If someone tells you you have crooked teeth, You can think about it. Look in the mirror. Do I think my teeth are crooked? No. Oh, well, I have straight teeth and you can keep on going. That's your choice. But I do feel at young ages, we are taught, even subconsciously, that other people's opinions of us matter so much that they define us. And I think that's where it becomes dangerous. Because, like you said, you were a quiet child, you know, and I was a child. I would speak up when I felt like I want to speak up. I'm pretty much the same as how I was then. Um, <laughs> it, it's just if I felt like I had something to say, I'd say it. And I didn't think nothing of it. But then I got to a point where it got to a point where people were telling me I was bossy and I talked too much and never that I was loud, but just it made me feel as if I was too much and in my too muchness I had to 
tone it down, which I think is why, again, I get so emotional about my journey because I would have let everyone else's definition of me really ring true. Tiramisu photography never would have happened. Use that this podcast never would have happened. I've helped a lot of women get their businesses started and they do great things in their business. And I'm not even a business coach, but that's just what I do because I'll speak up for what I feel is true, you know, like to help. And so say all that to say, we have to be careful about how we allow others to influence our thoughts, especially as they pertain to us. Because then we'll start to repeat those stories. And, you know, when we repeat those stories, you know, our energy vibrates. So then those we are around, we don't know how that's going to affect the people around us. I think the best advice I got during my pregnancy, my first pregnancy, was to be very protective of my energy field. Mm -hmm. And she told me, she said, um, this may sound weird to you because it was coming from a church leader. We don't talk about energy a lot at church, you know. But she said, she was like, this may sound weird to you, but how you feel is directly going to impact how that baby feels. And if you're feeling hurt, stressed out, upset, whatever, she's going to feel that. And then she's going to come into that, this world with that. You don't want that for your baby. You want to give your baby a clean slate as much as you can. So be protective of who you have around you. So be mindful of who you have around you so you can protect your energy. And I think the mistake I made in that was only doing it while I was pregnant. That is something I think mm. we all should do every day. We have to be protective of our energy space because oh, that's why I love when you talk about the 120 days before conceiving. We need, if we want to have this beautiful life full of possibilities and wonder and love and joy, we got to protect that because there are other energies around there that will bring that down mm -hmm. you know and again it starts with the awareness of it all you have to be aware of it so that you can do something about it yeah because a lot of times when um i heard this i didn't know much about empaths in general but a lot of times people saying you you're empath you gotta guard your energy because you take everything in then it in a sense it is in a, in a way but then it's like you need to know how to filter through what is something you want to take in versus something you don't because sometimes someone just because a sister or a family member suggests you to do something doesn't mean you need to do it mm -hmm. to take that advice because it's a good thing because they deem it as a good thing right but you have to kind of contemplate is it a good thing if we don't want to take it you don't want to take it it's not because you disrespect them it's because it doesn't fit well with you so you don't you don't take it that's you right Mm -hmm. and so when you mentioned um about the pregnancy and the energy thing because it's so interesting how our our minds are so smart it tells to us to kind of categorize certain things simplicity to you know this is a phase this is a phase but in reality there's really no phase it's like a whole big thing just kind of intertwined with each other but we put these labels in there to make it seem like it's boxed in but it's it's not just because it's just sex hormones. No, your body works with all hormones. It's not just when you put melatonin in or you put your progesterone in, that just fixes the issue. 
supposedly bringing raw material in there because your body supposedly is not doing things is because your body in itself didn't have the supply in general. That's why it's kind of going off balance. Just make sure that you're surviving, that you're going and doing what you need to. So a lot of times when we mentioned previously about, you know, there's reasons why, um, you know, can't have a baby, why certain people need to do certain treatments, all these different things. Kind of putting a little bit deeper, digging a little bit deeper. Is it because you're not enough? Is it because you don't have enough progesterone? Is it because you don't have that hormone? Is it because you're deficient in that hormone or that medication in general? Because you take it lifetime now, supposedly because your doctor told you. Or is it because the food supply that we've had been eating for so long now is diminished, now it's depleted. And so the supplements that we take in are trying to bridge, bridge that gap that's depleted to make sure that we have that general 30,000 feet view of the holistic body. Do we have what we need versus that one pinpoint, very microscopic hormone? Like, what is it really? And where do you want to be in your journey? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to, or we're going to open a whole other category. <laughs> but that's, cause that's what it is. Yeah. It's being aware of, like you said, the minute problem, but what is it, how does it pertain to the bigger picture? So in the sense of my, yes, I was depressed. But really, where is this depression stemming from? And for me, it was coming from years of being told I had to be one person. And if I wasn't that person, I wasn't good enough. Then no yeah. wonder, right? It right, no wonder. No wonder you thought that. No wonder. And then the minute I decided, F this, I'm not, they don't. I can't even describe the frustration that triggered it, but it was like, no one else has to live this life, but me when it comes down to it. And when Tierra's sitting here crying because of something someone said to her, when all she was trying to do was be kind to someone, no one's here rubbing Tierra's back and Tierra feel better. As a matter of fact, it was quite the opposite. When I would express that someone hurt me and I was trying to be this person that I was told I have to be, it was a, what are you complaining about? So I was like, oh, well, since everyone's gonna look out for number one, I might as well learn to look out for number one and then I can help others. But right yeah. now, the way this is going, Tierra's not even gonna survive this because this is breaking me down, mm-hmm. you know? But you have, you, like I said, the pinpointing that itty bitty thing and where it stems from the big picture. Mm-hmm. And the body's so smart. It's smarter than us, you know? We're like trying to focus on this. and like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not what you need. It looks like what you need, but it's really not what you need. <laughs> and like, because I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to figure all that out in that one, you know, in the one instances I had. This is, this revelation has come from many, many, many meditations and journal sessions and portrait sessions with myself and talks like this with friends like safe spaces and that's another reason why I do all the things I do because I'm like I couldn't find those things when I needed them and I would hate to know someone around me needed it 
and I was holding out on them when all I had to do was just create the space, Mm -hmm. just create the space for these conversations to happen. And, you know, we'll make, we moderate the space, but it's your safe space. It's your safe space to find whatever, if it's healing, healing, joy, joy. You need some friendships, find a friend who has, you know, similar interests in you. Because I know for me, working with you, I hadn't had a friend who I could trust that we start a project. And even if things got hard on the project, we'll keep going with the project. My experience has <laughs> always been, we start a project, things get hard. Tierra gets blamed for it being hard because Tierra is always supposed to know what to do. Everyone else pulls out. Tierra has to finish the project. And then once the project gets finished, Tierra gets no acknowledgement for how she pulled everybody through. But with you, it was, you know, it's not that I wanted the acknowledgement publicly. I kind of just wanted it from the people I was giving my energy to, you know? And, but with you, total opposite, you know? The idea comes up, let's start a podcast. Cool. What are we going to talk about? Okay, well, let's talk about that for a while. Hey, this is evolving to being more of like a holistic healing thing. All right, let's roll with it. I have no idea how to get the audio going. All right, I can figure that out. I have, you know, like the collaborations that took place, your commitment. I needed a friend like you so that I could be able to see it is safe to do this with other people. I just mm-hmm. need to be able to identify the people I can do this with. Mm-hmm. And you can't compliment with everyone. It's not yeah. like any person on the street, you're like, oh, this person, you know, that's kind of compliment whatever I need to do. It, it takes, you know, different people and you kind of, <laughs> exactly. So. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for letting <laughs> me get that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have more soon so hopefully you got more topics as we're going through this podcast if you have suggestions feel free to message us we'll make um so by this come out, comes out we should have a little bit more to that <laughs>